0: Hey, hey, you're listening to Fearless Pursuits Podcast, where it's that time to slap your doubts and fears around, learn online marketing, some mindset hacks, and fuel your entrepreneur's soul so you can have a breakthrough to success in your own business, even if you're just starting out or if you've been in business for a while. I'm Sharon Koenig, an online business coach and serial entrepreneur for over 25 years. And my goal is to share with you everything that I've learned along the way, including the good, the bad, and the ugly. Each week, we'll explore what it takes to reach your goals, your dreams, and create the financial freedom through online entrepreneurship. Plus hear interviews from special guests who share their own tips, strategies, and advice on how to break through to success. As a special gift for my listeners, yep, that's you, grab your complimentary strategy session to help get your online business visible on the map so that you can make the kind of money you want in your business. Without further ado let's get started with today's episode you are listening to fearless pursuits podcast episode 12 have you ever thought about being a digital nomad do you ever dream of having a more free and abundant lifestyle do you see how lacking your goals and confidence holds you back from reaching your dream life today I've got a special guest, and she and I are thrilled to be able to provide tips and empowerment to help you get to achieve the goals in your life and the purposeful life you have in your mind's eye. I got to say, I am so incredibly blessed to do what I do. I mean, I get to hang out with some pretty amazing people. Not just that, but I'm still learning. I get to learn from my peers who are out there in the world living a life that people don't really believe exists. Imagine being free and unencumbered by stuff. Imagine traveling all over the world, seeing and experiencing what this beautiful planet has to offer. Is this a dream? Well, Sarah Gregg of The Power to Reinvent is here to share with you that it's not a dream. For Sarah and many others, this lifestyle is real. Sarah shares her journey from stressed out and dissatisfied employee working a 9 to 5 J-O-B to a free bird traveling the world with her husband Chris. Join me now to meet Sarah Gregg, the founder of The Power to Reinvent, which is a platform that gives you the power to achieve your goals in less time. You deserve to live with purpose and passion. This much is true. It's time to give yourself permission to go after what you truly want in life. You can live your dream life. Listen in now if you are ready to find the power within you to reinvent your life and create the breakthrough to success. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us here in this episode. I am so excited to be talking to you today.
1: No, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm So excited for our chat and to discuss everything from moving to what it means to work online and share as much as I can with your audience.
0: Oh, it's always so much fun to talk to people who are living the freedom lifestyle. I mean, you literally are out there working and traveling. So we're going to be talking more with Sarah about how she actually works and travels all of the world. But I want to ask you a few questions. You know, Mm -hmm. one of the questions that comes to my mind is, you know, what led you to wanting to go on this laptop lifestyle to begin with?
1: I think it came from not necessarily a positive place. I was at a place in my life where I was at the top of my career externally, everything looked like I had life figured out. But inside, I couldn't shake this feeling of, is this it? Is this all there is to my life? You know, waking up in the morning, going to work, doing the nine to five, not really feeling fulfilled, being anxious during the week, and then kind of bored at the weekend and not really sure what to do with my time, um, or just over committing my schedule. So my life just felt quite... Um, unfulfilling, I think is really the word for it. And I, I just, I felt like my whole life was mapped out ahead of me. Like I could see my whole future up until retirement. And it was almost like, okay, Sarah, once you get to 65, then you can live, then you can travel, then you can do all the things that you really want to do. And I wasn't really... Prepared to do that, and I kept on thinking there has to be more than life in this. There has to be another way. There has to be an alternative path. And I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. You know, I come from a family of teachers, from a family of people who traditionally play it safe. And I began just by by googling, by looking at people around me, and hearing the word you know digital nomad, and thinking, okay. Maybe that's an alternative. Maybe I could apply myself in a way that I could work and travel at the same time. But I didn't really know exactly what it meant, and I wasn't entirely sure what I was going to do. If, I, if I'm being completely honest, but I just thought it's it's worth a go. I, I don't want to live in regret, and I just felt this pull. That's the the only way I can really describe it was this pull of you're not where you're meant to be and you need to do something else. I
0: think a lot of people feel that, that pulling, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it causes a great deal of anxiety in our lives. And, you know, you and I have had a chance to, to chat a little bit before we went live here, but Mm -hmm. tell the listeners what you were doing for work every day.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I was actually working as a business coach for a large university in the United Kingdom. And it was a job. It was my dream job. It was everything that I had really focused on. So I've been a coach for for 10 years and I'd always coached individuals. And I really thought my dream was to coach companies and get into large um, corporates and deal with them. And so on paper, it was everything that I wanted But when I got there, it wasn't really much different. You know, it was exciting for the first six months, as most jobs are. You think it's incredible. And then you get, you know, the manager that doesn't know what they're doing, the colleagues that drive you crazy, the unreasonable workload and everything else in between. And yeah, I just felt like this was an ongoing pattern for me where I would be in a job or be at a point in my career or in my life and always be chasing the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And when I got to this job, because I really felt it was my dream job, there was no next thing. And I still wasn't happy. And I was like, what am I chasing? Like, where am I going? Why is it always, you know, you climb the summit of the mountain, I would get to the top and then kind of look and be like, oh, no, I'm not meant to be over here. I need to be over there at that mountain top. And then I climb back down and climb up again. And I, I just felt drained and burnt out and, and questioning, you know, is this it? I, I mean, what am I looking for? What am I here for? What's my purpose? You know, all those big, uncomfortable questions that you would prefer not to answer, you know, if, if life is easier. Um, I, you know. It's uncomfortable to go there and to really think about what are you actually doing with your life. But that's really the point that I was at, you know, in that job. I was in it for a couple of years and I just, yeah, it just didn't feel like I was in the right place, even though on paper it looked like an incredible job. It, it I just wasn't in the right place.
0: So here you have the most amazing life, and anyone that would be looking in your life would be, like, totally jealous, right? You you look yeah. like you got it going on, and everything is really good. And, and I bet you put a pretty good front on, too, a pretty ah. good face.
1: <laughs> oh, At amazing face, I was an expert at you know the the perception that I had life figured out. I did not want to be vulnerable in any way, shape, or form. I would do whatever I could to protect myself, you know, from other people knowing what was going on inside of my inner world. You know, to the outer world, everything was perfect, and in my inner world, it was a chaotic mess, basically.
0: You know, and that is so hard. And I think for any of the listeners, they probably have been through that. They probably could really, really relate with what you're saying. And I know with the the people that I have worked with in my coaching business, a lot of people are not as aware as you were at that time. They didn't have that openness to actually look inward and face it. Because I think Mm -hmm. that is the hardest part when you realize something's wrong and you don't know what it is. You feel this pulling and, and this nagging. I mean, this is why, you know, coaches exist to begin with, because, you know, a coach can help pull this out of you and help you with your priorities and help you flourish and thrive. But it Mm -hmm. takes that awareness and do something with it. How did you actually start to move into looking for that purpose?
1: It was small steps. You know, I wanted something to take the pain away. You know, I wanted someone just to... to to knock on the door and to tell me, hey, Sarah, here's your purpose. This is what you're meant to do with your life. Off you go. Um, And I knew I had to make a big change, but I knew there were small steps that I had to take to get there. And what I did, first of all, which really helped was I prototyped on paper. So I got a pen and paper and I wrote down three different versions of a life plan. So, Inversion number one, what I wanted kind of family life to look like, you know, in an ideal world, what would I do with my life, you know, and I wrote things like I'd love to write a book, I'd love to give a TED talk, I'd love to form a charity and I really, really thought big and then I did the opposite where I wrote things like I would stay in my house, I would maybe find a different job or go part time and that really helped me play through scenarios and as I played through those scenarios, I could feel me reconnecting with my gut instinct, with my real, you know, with my true inner self about what I really wanted. And the one where I wrote kind of travel book and really dreamt big, I felt that excitement. I felt alive. Um, I felt passionate. And it was from that place then I just couldn't shift the thought of that. I just kept on thinking. I mean, imagine if I could work anywhere in the world. Imagine if I could run a business, that helped other people. You know, imagine if I could write a book. Imagine if I could do all those things and build a life where work and living merge and they they coexist together and they, one supports the other. And it was from there then, from that prototyping and from those kind of, you know, Big dreams, you know, throw logic out of the window, you know, it doesn't matter. Throw it out of the window. Just put down what's in your heart on that bit of paper and then see how it makes you feel. And it was from that place then that I had the the very odd conversation with my husband, because you know, this was all going on in my head and he knew he knew bits of it for sure. Um, but we went on holiday and it was on the holiday then I remember lying um on a on a on a sun lounger overlooking the the beach and my husband was beside me and I was kind of reading my book and I turned to him and I said I don't ever want this holiday to end you know what if we what if we tried to work and travel full-time you know what would that look like how could we do it And then the conversations just ramped up from there. You know, we couldn't get it out of our heads. We talked about it over dinner. We talked about, you know, different ways, you know, could we start the businesses and then grow it or what did that look like? And in the end, it was selling the house and selling all of our stuff and just going all in at the deep end.
0: So I want to get into a lot of different things here, but mm-hmm. I have I have something that I want to ask you. And we're we're going to get into some of the fun places that you've lived. I want to talk about how your family dealt with mm-hmm. this. I even want to get into some of the nitty gritty on how you actually grew your business. But. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about something right away as you're describing this story. I want to ask you how it is that you keep your vision and your passion and your purpose alive every single day. So you, you, you wrote your three versions of your life
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you are excited about the travel, you know, being a digital nomad and feeling alive, writing the book, you know, and all of those mm-hmm. things that excites you um, and, and here you are actually living it, but there was a time, you know, as you're selling your house, mm-hmm. and as you're going through the day-to-day difficult, uh, conversations that you're having with your family, which, which we'll get into, you know, that, you know, maybe you're waning a little bit, maybe you're, you're dealing with some internal fear, maybe you're yeah. dealing with feeling discouraged, you know, how did you keep your dream alive and feel that, purpose as you're building this future
1: that's a really really great question and there was most definitely a lot of periods where of self-doubt of the fear of the unknown and wanting to cling to certainty I think at a very high level anytime I had those thoughts I would just I would use this question what if I do and what if I don't And so I would think about, what if I do sell the house? What if I do go for my dream? What does that give me? And it would bring up answers like, you know, even just knowing that I had the courage to fulfill my dreams, even if I didn't achieve it, I knew that on my deathbed, when I close my eyes and say goodbye to the world or in whatever way I'm going to go, I would know that I at least had the courage to try and step into my full potential and to go on an adventure and to try and make the most out of life. And I think overarchingly that was the thing that kept me going. And then when I thought about what if I don't do it, it just conjured up thoughts of me being one of those awful people that everybody probably has in their office environment, the person that complains about their job, the person that moans incessantly, that doesn't want to volunteer for stuff because they have no drive <laughs> or kind of passion left inside them. You know, the person that moans about their family and resents everything and just and isn't happy, but is somehow stuck in their own prison. I did not want to be that person. And And when I thought about that, what if I do, what if I don't? I could see two very alternate realities you know and both were possible and i i the fear of the unknown nothing is known in life you know we when you really boil it down we surround ourselves with systems and and you know jobs that kind of comfort us but the reality is you know life is uncertain Uh, you know anything can happen and i would rather plunge myself in the uncertainty of opportunity then kind of stay in the certainty of dreams dying and becoming maybe a a slightly bitter person and resenting myself and others for not taking the opportunities that i knew were in front of me
0: that's really beautiful and you know that's something that i really relate with and You know, building my brand, fearless pursuits. I mean, it really, really talks to going after your dreams and and you know that difficult journey that it takes to be honest with yourself, to be open, you know, to want to you know go along with that that drive, that passion that you want to do and realizing that you have this whole other reality that is possible if you don't do it. And and that's the thing that is so incredibly painful. When you look at that reality, if you don't follow your dreams, it's so incredibly painful. And I'm listening to you as you're, you're describing this, and, and I really understand. But mm. you and I are different because we have that awareness. And as we're describing this, we realize that, there's a lot of people that don't understand and mm-hmm. you know getting into telling your family now so you, mm-hmm. you sat there with your husband and it sounds like he was Definitely on your side and you're working through this as you go along. But I'm sure that there were other family members that were listening to all of this thinking you're absolutely out of your mind, girl. What are you thinking? Right. And uh, did you have the conversation with them something like this and help them to understand? Did they get to that point where they actually
1: understood I don't think so is mm. the honest answer I don't think so um, I think your parents and you know might include my in-laws in that they wanted to protect us mm. and even from friends a, a similar thing they don't want you to step into the uncertainty because they don't know how to keep you safe when you do that and so a lot of their questions they wanted guarantees You know, well, how will you know it's going to work? You know, what's going to happen? Where are you going to live? You know, and when we said, I don't know the answer to that. Like, that's the honest truth. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out as I go along and I'll take it step by step. And if I'm not happy, I will come home. And and I will hold my hands up and say, you know what? It sounded like a great idea, but it didn't work out. And I'm prepared to do that. That's the risk I'm prepared to take. But interestingly, I, I expected maybe a bit more resilience and conflict and what i got was silence so those questions you know weren't answered and i think it's only really two years in where they can understand and see the results you know of that hard work that now they're really proud and they talk about you know how brave we were and how incredible it was that we took that chance and they're a bit more intrigued about the story but at the time they just didn't even want to talk about it it was like you know ostrich you know put their head in the sand like this is not happening like she cannot do this maybe if we don't ask her about it she you know it's not real like it it doesn't exist in the universe um but it was very difficult um it was very difficult to to tell people and to to navigate the questions that you don't have the answers to because it's it's unknown territory I would never ran my own business before like yes I had been a, a coach I'd worked with businesses but I'd never done it for myself I didn't know what it meant to build a website you know I didn't know any of those things and my, my background wasn't in that area so it wasn't like oh I apply for a job and I put in an application and then I like go for an interview and then they let me know you know everyone knows that process you can communicate this but I was trying to communicate something that was in my heart and didn't belong in logic. And that's very, very difficult to put into words, especially in the early stages. And I think even then I didn't really have the words for it. You know, I said, I just feel I'm not in the right place. I feel a pull and they're like, what's a pull? Like what are you (laughs) talking about? You know? And if you haven't experienced that, then you, then you don't know, or maybe it's not your time or I don't know, you know different people go on different journeys and fearless means different things to different people um but yeah it's 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 very very difficult and I'm almost grateful that people didn't get too involved because I think this was a journey that you know to a large extent I had to go on my own with with just a few trusted people beside me it wasn't it wasn't one for the tribe. I didn't need my whole family emotionally invested or cheering me on. You know, I, this was something I I needed to do and had to do for me. So in a strange way, it was kind of a blessing in disguise.
0: So entrepreneurship is not for everyone. Mm -mm. That's for sure. And, you know, talking to my family, my friends, you know, as you're stating, they don't understand, and they probably never will. You know, Mm -hmm. they're, these people are trying to protect their children trying to protect us from making a mistake and this is what we do as mm-hmm. parents you know I've got three children and and that's what I want to do and and I think you know every time that they they go out and they do something that seems kind of crazy my middle daughter she cut her her hair now mind you this is this is something kind of simple but this is just sort of a parent story yeah she had hair that she grew from a young girl it was all the way down to her bottom I mean mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Rapunzel, and it was just so beautiful, and she had a light little curl, and it was, you know, everywhere she went, everyone complimented her on her hair, and what did she do? She buzzed it off, and (laughs) she came to me and asked me, if, you know, what I thought of it, and, and of course, I told her, I thought she was crazy, right, yeah. because why, why would you do, I have long hair, and I love my long hair, and yeah. I just, it's the furthest thing from my mind, why would you do something so crazy, so, mm-hmm. you know, it I, I totally understand that from a, a parent standpoint, but yeah. as an entrepreneur, you know, I started my business from zero, and my family thinks I'm crazy, and, 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 um, you know, no one really understands this, if they're working in the corporate world world. So, you know, it's really difficult as an entrepreneur to begin with, but then you're doing something extraordinary as a digital nomad. You're literally making money and traveling all around the world. And this is ultimately what a lot of entrepreneurs are seeking. They're seeking freedom right? Mm -hmm. Um, And freedom means different things to different people, right? Mm -hmm. For me, it means I can homeschool, I can travel, I just got back from Jamaica, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I can go and visit um, family anytime I want, you know, these kinds of things. I mean, this is ultimately what freedom is. And I realize that you're not getting the support. And as you said, so eloquently, you know, this wasn't a journey for your your family to go on mm-hmm. with you. But at the same time, and, and I believe this and I teach this with my clients, you must absolutely have a support system. When yeah. you are an entrepreneur, as I stated, it is something that is unique. It is something that is challenging. You know, a lot of people glorify being an entrepreneur. It is so mm-hmm. wonderful and you have all of this freedom. But there's a lot of challenges, as you stated too. There's things that you don't know how to do right Mm -hmm. the technical aspects and then there's the mindset that plays in there because you you're talking to yourself as you're going along and something's not working sometimes and you know there's ebbs and there's flows yeah you must absolutely have a support system so Mm -hmm. you didn't have the support of your family what did you do to uh, get support along the way
1: yeah so I think I mean that's that's a beautiful summary um and you're absolutely right as an entrepreneur it is vital that you have support and I think the best way to get that support is to network with other entrepreneurs people who get it who you know you'll kind of like have a 5 minute conversation with and you're like yes 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 all that I can totally relate um and I find that actually um, at the start of my journey so we took when we left we went to a small island in Malaysia that we've been to years ago and we backpacked and we really loved it because there's no wi-fi there's no roads it's just beach beach and jungle that's it and it's heaven so lovely so we went there and when I when we arrived just I don't know I love this quote from the alchemist um, where it says, you know, when you're on the right path, the whole universe conspires to help you, you yes. know, and like cue the little helpers and the and the little guides along your path, and it just so happened in the place that we were staying, there was two digital nomads, mm. and they, we were there with them for two two and a half weeks and they shared their stories they told us you know what to look out for what even Facebook groups to join and um, where to live where the community hung out what to expect from it, what the challenges were and that led us to Chiang Mai which is a place in the north of mm-hmm. Thailand which is a huge digital nomad hub mm-hmm. and with that community there are many people who I'm still very very good friends with there was so much love and so much support. So many people who had left home, who, you know, were the silent disappointment to their parents, you know, just like us, who were married, who had kids, who were single, like just all walks of life, just people who craved this dream for, for more to life, who wanted to work and travel and experience that freedom on their terms. And we lived there then in the end for six months. And it was incredible. It was the best decision that I ever made for two reasons. One is I'm sure people are listening thinking, well, this girl, she must have had a lot of money or her parents must be really rich. I have neither of those (laughs) things. I definitely don't come from a rich family. (laughs) And, you know, yes, I had I had some savings. Had some savings from the house that I was prepared to kind of finance myself, but I'm bootstrapped the business but living in Chiang Mai really helped with that because the cost of living there is so low and for a really good standard. So, you know, for that reason and for the community, it all made kind of complete sense from a financial and the business side and from the support side.
0: All right, so a lot of things came up for me when I was listening to you here. One of the things that I'm thinking about is, you know, we were talking about freedom before and how freedom, you know, is, is ultimately what everyone wants, you know, and, and to the extent um, it's different, you know, for you, you wanted to be a digital nomad and, Mm -hmm. you know, you found the support through other digital nomads, but there's a lot of listeners here that are, they're going, yeah, that would be really great, but I'm not sure that's my version of my life. You know, I, I want a different kind of freedom. I I want to be an entrepreneur. Um, you know, probably a lot of the listeners are, they have some kind of a service based business and they're trying Mm -hmm. to get clients and that sort of thing, but they want to be able to maybe work from, um, you know, their mom's house going on vacation. Yeah. Maybe they want to visit their folks on vacation. Maybe they want to go to Jamaica like I did and work a little mm-hmm. bit. Maybe they just want to go to a coffee shop and get out of the house. You know, um, there's all sorts of different yeah. ideas. Maybe they want to work around their child's schedule. Maybe uh-huh. they're a homeschooling mom. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But these people... Want to get clients, Let's talk nuts and bolts here for a little bit. You know we were talking mm-hmm. a lot about purpose and and finding all of that. So we're going to keep that alive as an entrepreneur and we're going to get yeah. support. But let's talk about how you were actually able to get clients to support your vision from the very beginning, you're selling stuff, right? You've got some money from that, sure, yeah. um, and which helped fund the initial you know, uh, part of your journey. But as you're going along, you're building this business and you say to yourself, well, I need clients, right? I'm going to be yeah. running out of money. Um, so how did you go about getting clients? Cause it doesn't matter if you're a digital nomad or not. We're mm-hmm. service based entrepreneurs and we need clients. We've got to close the sales. We've got to deal yeah. with all of that. So first things first, how did you get clients online?
1: Okay, so this was my my strategy, um, which is relatively straightforward. So I put myself in the position of the customer. You know, what would I look for if I was hiring hiring a coach? So first of all, there was the credibility aspect, and I had 10 years' experience. You know, I'm I'm fully qualified coach. I'm registered with the British Psychological Society. You know, so I had all that. But what I didn't have was the credibility. So this was my first business um sure I had clients that I'd worked for in the past but I really wanted um I really wanted clients who worked with me under under my um under my company the power to reinvent so what I did first of all was I put out a post on Facebook just on a Facebook uh, group for and digital nomad females and said, you know, I'm willing to offer a 45-minute coaching session for free um, if you will provide me with a review, that you'd be happy to go on my Facebook page or on my website. That did two really great things for me. One, it showed me the level of demand. So within, oh, I don't know, 15 minutes, I pretty much had to take the post down because there was like 70 different comments, and I was only prepared to, you know, allocate time for around 10 Two, it showed me my ideal client. So it was really interesting to see um, what those individuals wanted, um, what their pain Market points research. were. Market research. Market research, absolutely. What their pain points were and how I could best communicate to them. And three, it showed me, it, it enabled me to gain confidence in my own ability as an entrepreneur. So that when I got on calls with clients, with You know, potential clients, I could talk truthfully and honestly um, about clients that I previously worked with. And I could share their stories and I didn't feel so much like a fraud. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did that and that really kind of bolstered my confidence and gave me that market research. And then I did a huge amount of social media. So uh, what kind of shocked me was I. Um, did just a lot of Instagram, so Instagram posts and Instagram stories, and I find clients then started to come through that way. And it was very soft selling. I'm, I'm not a great salesperson, if I'm being totally honest, but I really believe in what I do. And I added value first. You know, I showed inside, I give tips and advice. Um, And then I would put out calls to say, I would give examples if the clients were happy. Can I share on my story the, the problem that you had? And then share with the audience the resolution that that you gained without the away the personal information so that might be a story on today I had a really great call with a client who um was struggling with fear of failure this is what came up this was the resolve this is how it's like led her forward and from that the client started to come in and from that they then referred people and it just organically grew from from that place so I think I started the Instagram account in November 2017 with like two followers or something (laughs) and then by the february i was up to three thousand and now i think i'm at nearly 10. um so yeah and it's it's been a a gradual stage um and the other big lesson i think the biggest lesson this is probably more for coaches if i'm being totally honest is pricing so when I first started, I heard so many people talk about, you know, get the big, you know, the big ticket clients, you know, those people that are going to pay you, you know, an obscene amount of money, you know, for a really, really short time, like just go in and do that, you know, the whole, like, I mean, every coach seems to be trying to do that at the minute. Um, and I did that and it didn't work. Um, and I think I did it because I felt like I should do it. So that was a really big lesson for me in terms of following what felt right for my business and following what I felt comfortable with and delivering my service with passion and authenticity, carving out my own path, I think has been um, critical to my success you know, in inverted commas, because success is, you know, different things to different people, Um, and my happiness, you know, anytime I tried to copy what other people were doing or turn myself into like the female version of Tony Robbins, it just didn't work. And the audience could pick up on that, you know, it came through in my writing, it came through in the way that I spoke. But when I turned up as me, and valued the service, and trusted in the talents that I have and the passion that I have, and understood exactly who I wanted to serve and help them to the best of my ability. That's when the clients came.
0: That's really, really great stuff. And I think a lot of people listening are trying to put the pieces together here. Um, I think what's really important to understand is that you know there really are a lot of pieces that mm-hmm. go into it, and and there's also a lot of different ways to get clients. But you know, for a digital nomad. And, you know, being that we're here in as we're recording this 2019, it makes a lot of sense to go with social media. Right. So for you as a digital nomad, it's a no brainer. Right. Mm -hmm. And you've you've mentioned Facebook, um, but you've you've mentioned that you put most of your social media with uh, Instagram posts and stories. Did you actually use Facebook um, other than to get the testimonials? No.
1: I never use Facebook, I very rarely use Facebook. I think that at the time that I started to use the social media platforms, um, Facebook had really they changed um the appearance of the business page. So they changed the algorithm that, you know, basically one percent of your audience was gonna see your posts. So that just wasn't a good use of my time. Instagram, however, at that stage was really trying to prove their worth in the platform. So they were they were favoring the business pages, they were sending more people towards you. So I use that platform. Um, and I would say it's not just for digital nomads. I think for anybody, it's a really, really great way to get business um, and to to show a different side of you, you know, to share parts of your personality, to share parts of of you and, and add value to your audience. Um, I find it that whenever I have clients that come through, if they follow me on social media, they convert at a higher rate because they feel like they know me. Mm-hmm. You know, When I get on those discovery calls, they're like, hi Sarah, oh yeah, so where are you now? Oh, I saw you were in Thailand before, but now you're in Portugal, that's amazing. And so that that connectivity and trust is already there because I've shown them not only my business, but the behind the scenes of my business. And so that connection is already live. And I think, you know, if you want to have more freedom, whether you run an online business from your home or you travel with it, it doesn't really matter. But the internet is such a powerful resource and used in the right way. You can connect to people, you know, all over the world. I mean, look at us kind of chatting, you know, I'm a Copenhagen and you're in the States, you know, so it, so it is extremely powerful. The other I did things aside from social media. So um, in the local areas that I would be in, I would run events like via meetups. So I would deliver workshops. um, And I would also write blog posts as well and use Pinterest. So a lot of, you know, digital tools. Um but I think just because you're doing something online um if you do it from a place of authenticity, you can definitely develop that level of connection, whether you are um based in your local area I think that's even better if you are or if you're based anywhere in the world and I think the importance is if there's anyone listening that's kind of thinking I have social media and I don't really know how to do it for my business it's you know show your business absolutely but also show your your human side um, and I think that's regardless of whatever you're selling you know if it's a consultancy service or a finance service you know show them kind of, you know, your staff room, show them, you know, you kind of, you know, preparing a report to give to a client, you know, if it's a jewelry business, show the latest delivery, show an unboxing, you know, people want to see the human side behind businesses now and they don't want to be sold to It's more social selling. It's like, hey, this is me. This is what I do. If you feel like we connect, then, you know, drop me a message. If not, cool, you know, just whenever you're ready.
0: I love this so much, and and you know what I think is most important here is what a relief it is for people to hear this. As they're listening, they're they're like, "Whew! You mean I get to be me?" Yeah, I think it is so misunderstood you know people are trying to copy people you know the copycat does not work you know mm. when we're thinking about building our business a lot of us are using social media a lot of us are, are using belly to belly opportunities you know with workshops and meetup yeah. groups you know and the thing is is that we, we all forget that we are best in our zone of genius as ourselves and Absolutely. to release all of that expectation is such a relief and one mm-hmm. of the things that you mentioned before I want to get into is pricing because mm-hmm. people are you know they hear a lot of things online and and yeah. this is one of the things I love about my podcast is is that we're we're really diving deep into the nitty gritty of what it is to be an entrepreneur and talking to people who are really crushing it. So we can learn from, from you. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you were talking about before was something that didn't work for you, which was your pricing. You know, we we hear online all the time, you know, go after the high end clients. Right. Because I was just talking with a client this morning um, and it was all about you know, really pulling your clients along. In other words, you as the coach, you as a service-based entrepreneur wanting the results more than they do. And yeah. you end up having the coach from or the client from hell, and you know this happens with with every work. I, I was a mm-hmm. personal trainer and nutrition coach many moons ago, and you know people would pay me money and then not even show up. It's crazy, yeah. and I'm not going to give them a refund. They didn't ask. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you know, hey, are you coming to your training session? Hey, how's mm-hmm. the diet going? You know, whatever follow up I would be doing, and they are hiding their clients are hiding because they ultimately don't want to step into, you know, moving into this vision, and Mm -hmm. you as the coach, you know, because you're hired to do this job for them, Mm -hmm. you feel it, because this is your, this is what your purpose is, right, you're passionate about getting your clients results, and we as coaches, we know, we fall into this trap of wanting it more than they Mm -hmm. do oftentimes, Um, so we realize that we have to protect our energy, but getting back to being finding the right clients, you know, getting, The high paying clients versus getting a low paying client because we realize we could end up getting that client from hell when, you know, they're not paying very much. You see what I mean? If someone is paying a lot of money, they're going to be pretty invested. If someone is paying just a small amount of money, they may not really be invested in their own outcome. And then we as the service provider, as the entrepreneur, are pulling them along and it's really, Mm -hmm. Mm. quite painful so you learned this authenticity in your own pricing yeah um, and how can you speak to the audience about finding that sweet spot for pricing
1: don't be afraid to experiment you know find what's right for you Um. I mean I don't regret you know I I put my prices on and I listened to a lot of other people's opinions, which sometimes is valuable and sometimes it just isn't. And in my case, it wasn't, you know, people were saying, oh, you should charge 10K for this, 5K for this, you know? And I'm thinking, I don't really, oh, it doesn't really sit quite right with me, but, you know, maybe I'm just frightened of money. Like maybe there's a money block, all this is like stuff that you read. And the reality was, you know, I had to get to a place where I felt, I felt comfortable, saying to the client, this is my fee and this is how much I charge. And you're absolutely right. You know, there is a sweet spot there. It's not kind of saying like it's $10 or it's $20 mm-hmm. and undervaluing yourself. But equally, it didn't feel right for me to charge um, what my business was at. You know, I was... Sarah, and I was, yeah. Sarah I'm going to
0: interrupt you. We, we lost connection there. I'm going to have Okay. To- Sorry. So, I don't know what happened there, but we That's lost fine. we lost your thought. Go ahead and start again on that.
1: Sorry. So, when it comes to pricing and finding, you know, authentic pricing, I think I listened to a lot of other people's opinions, um and I don't necessarily think that was the right thing to do at the time, although I don't regret it. I would encourage anybody when it comes to pricing to experiment and see what feels right for you. Um, And it is that sweet spot. I think that is the perfect word for it. Um, And it's a sweet spot for you. At at what point do you feel comfortable? And for me, it felt like I was a startup. Yes, I had 10 years experience. Yes, I had, you know, an amazing work history and CV. But that was under other companies and other organizations. That wasn't me, Sarah Gregg, out by myself. And so to kind of go to a client and be like, yeah, I've got, you know, 10 reviews on my Facebook page, you know, I'm going to charge you 2000 pounds. Like it it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like organic growth. and, and, And I think clients can sense that off you. And so I just relaxed into it. And it was like, you know what, like, what do I want this to be? Do I want to work my ass off for a six-figure business? Or do I want to earn what I feel super happy and comfortable with that gives me the lifestyle and freedom that I want at a price point that I currently feel comfortable with? Because I'm in this for the, for the long run. This is my business that I see me growing with continually. I don't need to race to be at those you know, 2K, 5K, 10K months. I know it's coming, but I don't need to push myself to be there right now. I want to enjoy the journey. I want to wake up every day and grow step by step, bit by bit with my business at a rate that I enjoy. I don't want to burn out. I don't want to push myself too hard. I want to enjoy every day and every day feel as passionate and connected and motivated to work on this and build it and grow it. And so I started from that point, I, you know, well, After I kind of messed up my price and felt super uncomfortable on a few client calls, I just threw it out the window and I was like, I'm carving my own path here. You know, this has to be on my terms. It has to be, it has to be something that I feel comfortable with. And that looks different for every person. You know, some people will nod their heads and be like, yeah, totally. And other people will be like, I want this six figures months. And I would say whatever makes you happy and whatever feels right for you, that's your truth. That's your flow that's, that's the current that you need to follow. And your, your challenge is to find out what that looks like for you, because there will be plenty of people who want to tell you what that looks like. Mm -hmm. But your challenge is, is that right for me? And one question that I find super helpful that guides me through a lot of the business and its growth is what will I do with that when I get there? So in other words, what am I pushing myself to get there? you know when I arrive at that destination of you know I've had my first kind of like six figure months What does that mean for me in terms of my life? Is that me just so I can say that I've done it and feed my ego or is it for a higher purpose? Is it so that I can have more freedom so that I I can employ somebody else to take on some of the work? What am I doing it for? What's my motivation and what's my intention? What am I doing it for? Yeah. Uh, yeah. For anyone
0: listening, you know, I, I wanted to have you repeat that because I think that, you know, along the journey, we actually do get lost you know, and because here's the thing, because we're living in the digital age, and I can't stress this enough, we are getting bombarded with messages from people yeah. who have their own ideas of mm-hmm. what it means to be an entrepreneur or how to be an entrepreneur. You know, this is how I did it, so this is how you should do it. And the thing is, is that it's not always right for everybody.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: really honing in on moving forward with and protecting our energy so that we can, we can prevent this burnout. The question, what am mm-hmm. I doing this for is so important, right? Yeah. So are we talking about our deepest why here? Because isn't that a cliche and everyone is tired of hearing about it or should we go ahead and dive into it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think at the root of everything should be intention. You know, whatever you go about your day, whatever you do in your business, whatever you do in your personal life, whatever your plans are, it should be with intention. You know, and true authentic intention. I think authenticity is probably the key. You know, there's so many people out there. One thing I did actually, um, I think about six months in, was I, I unfollowed all those kind of um. <laughs> the unhelpful business coaches that were just making me feel bad that like I wasn't investing my money in them and that they were somehow in like one month going to like you know give me a, a 10,000 pound month I just unfollowed them because it was noise and distraction in my brain um, but I think the why is really important the why is behind every single business decision that I make every single one why am I doing it what am I doing it for and if I can't answer that question or I'm just doing it for status and to impress other people, then it doesn't belong in my business.
0: This is so powerful. And I really love this so much. And I think it's a really good, good place to end it here. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to be able to ask you a really fun question here. Like, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some of the listeners that want to be a digital nomad and you've inspired them and you've encouraged them. And yet there's other entrepreneurs listening, maybe people who are not an entrepreneur, they want to be an entrepreneur, but it's still the idea of freedom and knowing Sarah did this, you know, Sharon's doing this, so I can do it too. Mm-hmm. So now tell them about the fun
1: places
0: you've actually lived.
1: Yeah, so I've lived in Thailand, Bali, um, Malaysia. Portugal, Bulgaria and I'm currently in Copenhagen in Denmark and I'm here until September and then I think the plan is to go to South America for a few months.
0: So yeah. Yeah you got to go to South America.
1: Yeah yeah I haven't been there yet so I'm very excited but yeah I mean it is It's incredible. And it definitely fits my lifestyle. And it's not for everybody. But I think the real theme, the unintended theme of this podcast, I think is, you know, find your own way in life, like find your own flow, find your own current, find your own authentic path. And that's where your happiness and bliss lies for sure.
0: So tell the audience exactly what type of coach you are. I'm sure that there's a lot of listeners that are, are really feeling connected to you right now. And they they may really want to know what your zone of genius is. What could they hire you for exactly?
1: So I'm very much a mindset expert that works around um change or problem areas in your life or finding clarity so my background is in psychology and neuro-linguistic programming so I'm very much about fast change fast mindset change and moving people forward so it can be this is a difficult question to answer because I think as a coach you'll probably resonate with nine times out of ten what clients come to me <laughs> what they think they're coming for help mm-hmm. for is not normally the issue so yes yeah. <laughs> Quite an interesting one, but it does generally range from anything from um, finding your purpose, gaining clarity around a particular area, overcoming limiting beliefs is a big one, um, and relationships.
0: I love that so much. And I know that you have something that you are offering the listeners. Can you tell me a little bit about
1: that? I do. So I have a free download on my website um, and it's a Power Goal template. So P-O-W-E-R. That's really hard for me to say with my Northern Ireland accent, so I'm just going to spell it. Um, and this template is has been instrumental in my life and my journey. And it's a goal setting template that's based on neurolinguistic programming. So it's much more effective than Smart Goals because it uses the power of visualization. It tests your intention. Um yeah, it uses all of the senses. So what you hear, see, and feel. So it gives you a beautiful, well-formed outcome that really harnesses in, you know, the law of attraction, and visual, visualization, and all that really great stuff. And it's something that I use with every single one of my clients, and it's truly transformational. And I wanted to share it with the world because so many people use SMART goals. Which, if you don't, everyone knows SMART goals, but you might not know. SMART goals were actually developed um, just for management purposes for for the workplace. They were never designed for big dreams and big intentions. They were designed specifically to help managers communicate their objectives, which is great. But in life, our our goals are so much broader than that. So this template will talk, take you through step by step. And it's something that I've used with the hundreds of clients that I've worked with and has been simply transformational in my own life it's really quite a magical tool so you can go online you can download print out the template and it will walk you through step by step and that's www.thepartyreinvent.com, and when you go online i know you're going to share the link in your sh- show notes but when you go online and um, you'll see the the opt-in button there where you can where you can download the tool for free and if you have any questions um about it or about the work then you know feel free just to pop me a message on social media on instagram um or just via email i'd really really love to hear from you
0: So I will put that link in the show description, and that is Mm thepowertoreinvent.com. Right? Yeah, I love that so much. Um, You know, because that resonates with my brand. You know, that power. You know, it takes a lot of courage. You know, to to work with your fear to gain that power to reinvent your life, and I, I love that. It's so apropos with your journey so far Mm -hmm. starting and and working out as uh, you know a coach that worked for a corporation a university and then to sell everything and reinvent your life and go and Mm -hmm. and live on your purpose and learning your new priorities so I love that name so much the power to
1: reinvent yes Thank you. And one very quick thing, sorry, and this is definitely the end. But if you recall, when I talked at the start about prototyping my different dreams, and one thing that I wrote was that I wanted a book, I wanted to be an author. And actually, this is the power of social media, because one of my followers is was a book editor in New York. And it was through my Instagram and just showing up and authentically being me and just having a chat and sharing my thoughts on life and the world that she messaged me and offered me to pitch um, a book idea. And yeah, it's shared in January 2020. So,
0: wow, yeah, January scary. 2020. That is so yeah. exciting. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. I'm
1: has been true. Yeah, it's yes. true. So yeah, if you feel that pull and you feel that call, uh, it's so scary, but you should definitely go for it you
0: know, and I think, you know, I know we can talk forever, but Mm -hmm. I think it's really important, you know, for us to do that mindset work, you know, because when, you know, things like this happen, you know, where you're, you're, you're literally making your dreams come true. It's Mm -hmm. really scary. And, you know, sometimes we end up sabotaging ourselves and not following through with them. Mm -hmm. And that's where you, you, ultimately need to do all of that inner work so that when you are leveling up and you know life is getting a little bit scary that you don't fall apart yeah this is what happens so much with entrepreneurs that i see
1: so much and um- And to appreciate, you know, if if your inner world doesn't appreciate your outer world, then what is the point? What is the point? (laughs) What is the point? So you have to, your inner world comes first. And once you sort out your inner world, your outer world changes, I 100% believe that.
0: Amen to that. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was so,
1: so great to chat with you. And I love, I absolutely love the work that you do. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much. This week's episode was jam-packed with great content, and now it's time for you to take massive action. Make sure to schedule your strategy session with yours truly, and also visit FearlessPursuits.com where you can subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found the show valuable, we'd appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes, too. Or... If you simply tell a friend about the podcast, that helps, too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. This is your fearless online business coach, Sharon Koenig. Thanks for listening. Now go out and be fearless so you can change the world.